Hey y'all, this is a preview to the latest premium subscriber only episode to Champagne Sharks. So what you're hearing is a small clip of a longer episode that is available over on patreon.com forward slash Champagne Sharks. And it's available to premium subscribers who pay $5 a month. And if you want to hear the rest of the episode, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks and subscribe for only $5 a month. You get not only access to this episode in its entirety, but to the whole backlog of premium episodes, which at this point is over 100 episodes at this point. So it's a great deal. So without further ado, here is the preview. And I hope we See you on the other side at patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks where you can hear the rest. I want to run down some of your um, stories and you can just give us like like some background on them. Because, yeah, cum- cumulatively speaking, when you see them all on a list, it's just a really crazy um, picture. And one thing that drives me nuts is that the Democrats and the legacy media kind of made a point of hammering all these little horrifying, but not particularly salacious as far as um melodrama you know it's not as fun as like a porn star story or something but uh or like being caught saying slurs but does kind of give an idea of what a trump administration is actually doing and what is like there would actually be a whole litany of things to target trump for in an election year but what they've actually done is uh they've submerged a lot of the less sexy reporting to just waste a good i would say two and a half years on Russiagate. And even then, maybe even more if you combine all the other stuff and the hearings of Comey and uh, Roger Stone and all that stuff, that once none of that stuff sticks, we're now into an election year where there's not a real popular narrative of everything that Donald Trump buys. Like, no one really even knows what really happened, the average person, during Donald Trump's administration. What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, Governing wise, uh, outside of like um, some immigrants in cages and fighting to build a wall and a handful of other stuff, you know? Um, and your stories actually paint like a good idea of a lot of the day-to-day workings with that uh, happen in the administration, which, for example, there's a border patrol considered accepting a donation from uh, We Build the Wall, which if you could talk about why that story is um, interesting and how you came about. With that yeah, one. so this is this is indicative of a completely novel approach um, to um, the kind of nativist, uh, you know, create a physical barrier between us and them uh, at the southern border. Because what they tried to do was, um, you know, legally it wasn't really in the cards for them to allocate um, federal funds to build this sort of thing that which would have cost a lot of money. And in addition to that, it created all sorts of um, legal problems because there are problems with treaties, there are problems with Mexico. There, you need environmental impact assessments when you build something. You know, what effect is it going to have on streams and rivers, tributaries, on uh, animal migratory pa- patterns, on holy sites that, um, you know, there are uh, a lot of, you know, um, Christians in Texas that have certain areas there that um, are, you know, significant to them, all sorts of considerations. So what they managed to come up with was this uh, fundraiser, if you remember, they had a GoFundMe for the wall. And, you know, we all sort of laughed about it. But um, what ended up happening, uh, actually, Steve Bannon was just arrested recently for um, graft in relation of this but their scheme was okay well we can't legally build this wall with federal government money what if we just did it as a private effort and then we gifted the privately financed one to the federal government and you know as harebrained and crazy as that sounds um if they're able to get enough sort of um of trump's base behind something like that i think they could get 
um, at least part of the wall built that way. And I thought that was really troubling because then they're able to circumvent a lot of the uh, federal regulations that we have in place to prevent something like that from happening because it literally is in violation of like international treaties and things to, to go ahead and do that. But um, they had, they had come up with this crazy approach. And again, yeah, I had hoped that the uh, major outlets would, would use this. I mean, I'm, I'm finding all this stuff, not even particularly looking for it. It's just my sources reach out to me and, and, and tell me this crazy stuff they see. And I'm thinking, well, you know, if, if the, if the, um, you know, if the liberals want to use something to punch Trump with, I mean, this seems like a good candidate, but they never really, uh, there never seems to be much follow up. Um, I feel like I feel like the liberals don't really care about the wall as much as they say they do. But yeah. they were told that this was happening. And, and this is like a backwards way to look at it. But I think that they were told that this was happening and he was going to raise their taxes, their property taxes, like 30, 40 <laughs> percent to pay for it. That would bother them more than the idea that he's circumventing all these um, um rules by getting a private company to pay for it you know they would just be like hey get, get that private company to pay for it uh, at least not coming yeah, out of our taxes sadly yeah, you're getting an important point here because um there's an impression that the media wants to just juice up its numbers as high as it can and that's partly true but a bigger part of the picture here is that things like the new york times and msnbc and cable news these are not democratic um endeavors in, in the sense of trying to you know just reach as much of the public as they can they prioritize the rich so um, watch MSNBC, look at the commercials. How many, you're going to see a bunch of commercials for cars you can ever, ordinary, I mean, I'm assuming if you're, you know, of kind of an average income level as, as I am, um, that, you know, people like us can't really afford. Um, and I'm not even, you know, I'm not poor. Like I have an education, I have a decent job, so on and so forth. And I remember as a kid watching these commercials and it being for like packaged insurance for like businesses and stuff. And I remember I asked my dad, like, dad, what is, what is that? Like, what is insurance? He's like explaining to me. I was like, would anyone buy that? He's like, well, it's for businesses. And I'm thinking they're not actually advertising to the people that watch it. And he's like, well, it's like if you're a CEO or something, you'll see it. And then it's that's exactly what it is, is this stuff is not pitched exclusively uh, to elites, but certainly prioritized. Look at the ads in the New York yeah. Times. I saw an ad. There was one for some Tiffany tennis bracelet that cost literally like $20,000. Like these are the, the people that are prioritizing for their readership is not people like you and I. And so I think that explains a lot more of the um, marginalization of the stuff that we're talking about. And the, um, I mean, so, I mean, you know, there's a tendency to watch TV and see, wow, people must be dumb, but it's like, it's a certain type of person that they're pitching this stuff to, you know, it's not for you and I. And a lot of times the private logic of that person, it'll make a certain type of certain type of sense. Like, you know, that person who really wants to hold on to all their tax income, you, you know, and, who's very into like getting loopholes for everything it will definitely uh, look at an article differently than you average Joe who might pay some extra taxes, but what he's going to get in return, if there's a Medicare for all, it's going to be huge. You know what I mean? Like, like they can kind of see it. They can kind of see a, a trade-off for if they have to pay some extra taxes, whereas this person, they can already afford everything they want. Like to them, uh, spending extra taxes is just flushing money down the toilet because they're not really counting on government money for them is more about getting corporate bailouts, which they already get anyway. So they don't need, they don't really need uh, taxes for anything. They're not getting from the government, the things that the rest of us are hoping to get, like, you know, free school, free medical insurance or any, any of that stuff. There was, there was another story. Uh, Homeland security is quietly tying uh, Antifa to foreign powers. I, I, thought, I thought that was an interesting uh, project for them to, to spend their time on. Yeah, that was a pretty shocking one. So I had a friend reach out to me saying, oh my God, you're not going to believe what they're doing. And um, I, I want to stress like 
you know, whatever my politics are, my sources are sort of across the map, but people would be surprised how um, relatively conservative a lot of them are. So when, you know, I have someone reaching out to me, um, it's not because what the government's done is sort of done something that would shock progressives or leftists. It's kind of something that would shock the conscience of any ordinary person. And that often is pretty bad. It takes a lot to surprise somebody within who works day to day in Department of Homeland Security. So um, what this report showed um, was that the uh, one of the intelligence branches within Department of Homeland Security was trying to tie Antifa or find links between Antifa and foreign militant groups, um, like uh, in this case, Kurdish militias, like the um, the YPG, the uh, Peshmerga. Um, and what's interesting about that is um, th- this is sort of laying the groundwork, the subtext of it is, well, look, they're getting foreign support. And, and the question in my mind is, why do they want to prove there's foreign support? That's how you designate um, someone a terrorist group. So um, it doesn't explicitly say this in the document, but I think that this is you know, we have um, exam- we have the president has asserted uh, very recently that, um, you know, he intends to designate Antifa as a terrorist group. But that's really hard to do because, um, you know, we have certain civil liberties that um, prevent them from doing that. Because once they call you, once you've been designated a terrorist by the State Department, they can take the gloves off. I mean, you know, they can conduct electronic surveillance. They can do all sorts of crazy things to you. Um, oh, 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 wait. So is that a practice? Is that like a practical reason why so many people get mad when, when white supremacists aren't called terrorists? Um, so that I mean, you're hitting at exactly the debate. So on the one hand, I, um, I know, yes, yes, you're right. And I don't know what to think about this because it is dangerous because the state then can, um, once they've taken their gloves off on any domestic group that affects everybody. Um, yeah. but on the other hand, these far right groups are very dangerous. So I honestly don't know <laughs> what to, what no, to think no, about I've, that, I've, but you're right. I've, no, I feel this. I feel the same way. I don't know what to ultimately think about it, but what you said actually kind of complicates things even, uh, further because, uh, I didn't realize that calling someone a terrorist opens the door to actual practical differences in how they can um, in- investigate you. That's a very interesting. Uh, oh yeah. Insight. And and you can rest assured that if they do label, um, you know, one of these white supremacist groups, then um, suddenly just, just normative and, and culturally it becomes easier for them to apply that to um, left-wing groups or, uh, you know, other ethnic groups. So that's sort of the problem is like once Pandora is out of the box, they're going to start using it more and more. And um, if anything, there's a sort of, um, lib brain attitude within the intelligence community that I found where they try to both sides everything and it's like well we labeled the white supremacist one we should pick a some far left group or maybe like a black, black nationalist group to, to do this to also so that we're fair and that's there's there's a I mean people they, these guys they really think that way in in large part so um, yeah I have a lot of anxiety about the whole thing this is a very in, uh, innocuous version of that same dynamic that you see on social media but I've noticed anytime Twitter or one of these things announces that they're changing the terms of service or whatever to crack down on trolls and and right wingers or whatever, and then they'll bag a big fish as far as a hate person, yep. like you know yep. they get like Laura Laura Loomer or or take away Milo's exactly blue check or something. Immediately after, a wave of left wing people get get caught up and i started realizing like it's that same both sidesism that you uh describe where they try to craft these things in a way to seem objective or neutral like they're so afraid to just say hey we think white nationalism is wrong like it's just treated as just another thing to both sides that they end up so i always get wary when any, any of that stuff happens and it didn't even occur to me that that actually happens in the actual intelligence community itself. yeah because there's just there's a lot of political pressure. They don't want to, um, I mean, I would say that's the norms. But in addition to that, 
there are things like the Hatch Act that are supposed to discourage any sort of politicization of things. And this is a way of them sort of covering their ass and saying, hey, look, well, we label these guys too. What do you want us to do? Uh, I just, you know, I'm just playing it right down the middle. It's like those journalists that are like, you know, I'm just telling you the facts here. Yep, um, yep. And that's, yeah, so that becomes dangerous because you really have to consider not just, you know, what are you going to do to one group, but then just realistically what, what tends to happen when you do that. And, and one of the people caught up in the intelligence report uh, was Brace Belden from the left wing podcast True and Non, which is the hot po- podcast about the Jeffrey Epstein uh, conspiracy and everything. I, I thought it was kind of funny that this popular Jeffrey Epstein podcast has like a host that's been as being watched for possibly getting ready to tear apart the country. You know? Yeah. The more I talk to these intelligence guys, I really think that there's something. There's a lot we don't know about what they're doing with respect to Antifa. I have a story coming out about this shortly. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a um, big program in place uh, to do what I had been describing before. And um, if not take the gloves off, um, certainly go farther than, than, than how they've gone against left groups in, in, in recent, in recent memory. Um, and, and we're going to find out more of that. Unfortunately, nobody seems to be digging around about this very much. Yeah. Because, <laughs> but the funny thing, sorry, go on. Yeah. I mean, you know, Antifa is one thing, but I mean, this is also going to be applied to black lives matter. I mean, I can tell you from personal experience, there's very little distinction uh, between a lot of these left groups and the, on the part of folks in, in law enforcement, they tend to regard them all as sort of linked and connected in some way. And it's just such a flimsy, you can find, quote unquote, foreign support for all sorts of things. I mean, you know, maybe some Chinese guy gave somebody money somewhere. Like, uh, does that necessarily mean that the whole group is 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 China funded or whatever? Um, you know, and, and the, there's a lot of room for abuse here. All right. So that was a preview. If you like what you hear and you want to hear the rest of the episode and a hundred more episodes, then by all means, go over to patreon.com forward slash champagne sharks. Take care, y'all.